And good morning, a big warm welcome to Your Life, Your Way, the show that Sam couldn't remember, Um, the show that's all about you. (laughs) Uh, My name is Deborah Fielding, excuse me, and I'm with you, excuse me, every Wednesday morning between 10 and 11. A big thank you to Sam for a romp through the breakfast show this morning. What a... I've got to just say huge apologies for his ridiculous, ridiculous dad jokes. Um, Thank you to McFly here with All About You because that very song, as you know, is a big clue to what our show is all about uh, because it is all about you and sharing our life stories and events that we can all listen to and learn from. We're here every Wednesday morning. That's every Wednesday between 10 and 11. And what can you look forward to? Well, I'm going to tell you. We'll kick off in a mo with the glory of the story. And that's our guest slot where we hear from our guest that will, with a story that's both true and owned by them, which means it isn't about anybody else but them. Each week's going to be very different. I'm a huge believer that you don't have to look too far to understand people better. Everyone has a story, or a hundred, to tell, which will give you a big insight into them. I'm also a big believer that you don't need to look to celebrities to tell you how life is. Uh, The people standing next to you in the queue at the supermarket, for me, is where it's at. So, in a minute, I'll introduce you to this week's guest, who's very different to last week, and that's just the way we like it. We've also got, excuse me, what's in a word, where we take life on by the scruff of the neck, one word at a time, because we know life can be messy sometimes. So we really went for it last week and had some beautiful messages which we'll catch up on shortly. So we're always happy to get stuck into it, into our show. And we've got Q&A your way at the end. And we're just going to take everything on, chat about it, get to the bottom of it. One thing for sure, any questions that you send in will remain confidential. So why don't you drop me a line now to say hi. It's always lovely to hear from you. And the address is Deborah at river.radio, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And that comes straight through to me rather than into the studio. So there we go. Let's kick off our show this morning. I want to get started right now because we've got a ton of music as well to deal with. We've also got Sam's lovely dog in the in the studio crying his eyes out um, because Sam's gone off to make a cup of tea. Um, it's like a dog fest in this station this morning. I should have brought mine in. Uh, but this morning, um, my guest this week is a lady from uh, the Bourne End area in the Thames Valley and is known by her work name of Evie Nutrition but in fact she does have a name like all of us so welcome to the show Evie Whitehead. Hi Deborah thanks for having me on it's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see your smiley face across the table there Um, but before we get stuck into your story Evie um, just tell us a bit more about who you are and your work and anything else that's gripping but not your story keep that to yourself for a minute. (laughs) Okay, well, I suppose first and foremost, I'm a mother to three children. Lovely. I live in Bourne End, as you said, and uh, with our dog, Sunny, my black Labrador. So you can often find me walking along the river um, with my dog. That's probably my favourite pastime. And I'm now a registered qualified nutritional therapist. Marvellous. And I run my own 
business and practice from my home at Bourne End. Lovely. And that we can find you on Facebook, Evie Nutrition, right? Yeah. I love that you're called Evie Nutrition. I think I should come up with something for myself, to be honest with you. It wasn't very creative. (laughs) No, but it works, right? It does what it says on the tin. (laughs) Um, So, shall we delve into your story? Um, Away you go. Okay. Well, when my children were under nine... Um, and I have three children, so they're 21 now, and yep. the twins are 20, so twins. they're very, very close in yes. age. But when they were under nine, I was actually studying uh, my degree um, to be a nutritional therapist, and it was in my final year that my life quickly, very quickly unraveled, and I was plunged into a year of hell, um, and it was really the focus and the studying that I feel saved me from a mental breakdown. Where, in actual fact, for many people, the focus and the studying with three children under whatever they were, nine, would bring on a mental breakdown. (laughs) So that actually saved you. Yeah, Um, I believe it did. I really believe it gave me a something to hang on to. Just like, a a, you know, when you've got a pin pin spot on the horizon, I just had this very clear vision and focus that kept me going because my kids had gone off to school for the day and life was just unravelling at home at such a rate. Um... That that really kept me kept me going. Kept you saying, yeah, I think it so, did. Do you want to share with us what was going on in the background? Yeah, so it was. Uh, so the the studying was. I mean, ridiculous as it sounds, it's about the only thing I've ever planned in my in my life. <laughs> is that I decided that as the kids went off to school, and my husband and I at the time had made this agreement that we, you know I would be a stay at home mum, yeah, and bring the children up, and yeah. I loved it. I really felt like um, it was everything I wanted to be. Bring my family up in yeah. that way. Um, but uh, I knew that the, there would be a time when the kids went off to secondary school that I would have more time on my hands. And I I really needed to use my brain. And I had this burning passion to learn more about the human body. Yeah, so great. going into nutritional therapy was kind of, it was more about learning about the human body right. than about food. Oh, we've got a, uh, a oh, poor doggy. Uh, we've we've got um, a complete um, passion there between the two, two of us. Because I loved human biology at school. It's, uh, yeah, languages and human biology yeah. is what I thrived off. Um, and it's always good to follow your passion, right? So that's what yeah. really dragged you through, in fact. A hundred percent. And I, I remember um, being, I remember a teenager and all my friends sort of like going off to discos and stuff, which of course I did do as well. But I remember sitting at home with human biology A-level books um, because I was just so fascinated. So I, couldn't, I couldn't get enough yeah, information. So it's not like you had to, because you knew you had to learn it, but you just absolutely loved every minute of it, so you couldn't help yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's a real burning passion. Yeah, so I, I knew that. when the kids went off to secondary school and I had this time that was coming up in my future ahead of me that I wanted to do something useful with it. And so I took on the, the degree to uh, be a nutritional therapist right. and studying from home. So I had this best of both worlds, could be a stay at home mum, do my studying. Kids went off to school, um, but it was really hard. And I, I think if I'd have known what was involved in studying that degree, yeah. if I'd have known now, I probably would have turned away from it because it was going back as an adult, it was just extraordinarily hard for me so to go back and be accepted on the course in the first place I had to do three A levels I had to do chemistry biology anatomy physiology and to be honest I was completely rubbish at chemistry and sciences and maths first time round at school when I was 
you know, a bit sharper at yeah. 16, 17, going back in my sort of, you know, 40s. We're looking after children. Looking after children yeah. and also having this marriage breakdown in the background. Right, so so. I, it was starting to break down and it was, it really come to sort of a bit of a crunch point that final year of my studies. And so um, that broke down, husband left. I'm trying to keep all the balls juggling. Yeah. And trying to just stay on the course. This is I kind of felt like I was gripping on by my fingertips. I'm sure you probably were at yeah, the time. Yeah, I think actually, I was. As a as a mother, as a single mother as well, um, you do focus really intently on your children at a point like that to keep them together. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and there's so no bigger that, motivator. There isn't. There isn't. But then to hold on to a passion of yours that you'd started, and if I'm not mistaken, you know you probably didn't know where you were heading to at the end of it either. Um, it, it's a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember having a clear vision of what would happen after I qualified, but the qualification was the, the, was the light at the end of the tunnel because I everything was failing around me. You know, I felt like I come from a really strong, connected background. My, you know, mum and dad, yeah, you know, family. long marriage and... Yeah. And to have that sort of fail, what I saw as a massive yeah, failure. I understand um, that. I just felt so much, so many emotions that you wouldn't really attach to it when you're talking about it. Like I felt, I felt shame. Yes. I felt guilty. R- guilty. Yeah. And, you know, even it was, you know, obviously a breakdown of, on both parts. But um, it was just a huge loss to, to try and build my dream back up of this perfect family life. Well, and because you didn't go into your marriage to come out of it, did you? You signed the no. paper to be together mm. and the ripping of that apart is is hard it was the loss yeah and the loss of the family unit absolutely the destroyed me yeah. yeah like you know the the yeah it was really really sad time and that that year it's all a bit of a blur to be honest but I remember focusing on the children and the qualification because I thought nothing else can go wrong and then a couple of months later, my dad died. And so it was like these tsunamis of grief yeah. in this one year. Yeah. And um, golly, when I got to the end of that qualification, I did think, I don't even know how how I've managed to pass any of those assignments and how I've not been kicked off the course, to be honest, because right. every single assignment was like drawing blood out of a stone. That's what it felt like. I was l- literally wading through treacle. And my, yeah. and my brain was shutting down. I could feel my brain shutting down, and um, yeah, it was that. It was that focus and the love and the passion for the for the knowledge, but just making sure that the children stayed. You know, nothing else rocked their world. That's right. At that point, well, I think as a mum, if your children are all right, you're okay. Yeah, and that's just There's about no the cheek you've got, isn't yeah. it? When you're yeah. going through Absolutely. tough times. Yeah. And so your dad, uh, really sad to hear that. And at the time as well, but there's never a good time, is there, I suppose. Um, was that a shock or were you expecting it? Um, it it was a shock because we thought he had um, something called Meniere's disease. So he was losing his balance. Right. But actually it turned out to be a brain tumour. Uh-huh. And so by the time they kind of recognised that, the treatment was too, too little, late. too late. Yeah. And so it was a you know pretty swift um, right. ending but it was all in that one year. It was just like, I, I, yeah. And also, I think when somebody um, dies, it doesn't really matter who they are, to be honest, but when they're that close to you mm. and it's a shock, um, that shock's got to leave your body somehow before you can start to function halfway as, 
as what you were before and that's really it doesn't happen overnight so you have to mm. kind of live with that mm. as well as your degree as mm. well as your family as well as your marriage breakdown mm. I mean I don't know how you didn't have a breakdown well I, I don't know maybe it's still coming <laughs> <laughs> You have always been a bit suspect. <laughs> always had a slight question mark over my head. Yeah. But I no, I don't. I, I felt like, as a, a bit in response to what you just said, it's so true. I feel like I'm still unpicking those layers. They're still not coming away right. in sort of clean sheets of like clarity and like closure. It's um, it's an, it's a like it's horrible like picking a scab really yeah you know it's like I keep it sometimes it comes and hits you on the head as well when you're not expecting it yeah but um the focus is unrelenting and I'm always gonna I'm just love my job I feel so lucky to have got through that well and, and, and to be able to do something that you're really and you are super passionate yeah, about what really you love do it. I really love it but I feel like it saved my life in a way well it's so I'm so grateful through, to it. it yeah um, but interesting, I want to just pick up on something you just said, which was you're still going through some of the grief and the shock. Um, none of us really know the best route through. You think you've got through something, you think you've dealt with a little bit of something, and just anything can trigger you off that mm-hmm. you weren't. Usually, you're just not expecting it, comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And lo and behold, there's another piece of you. I mean, I'm a big believer in doing the work on yourself, and I do a lot for, for me internally, uh, which helps me. It, that's what carries me through. Um, and I didn't have a degree or anything to go through uh, when I was going, when I've gone through tough times. Um, but it's just finding something that can hold you up. Mm-hmm. You need holding up. I mean, your friends and family do a great job, but. You know, and your your family's grieving as well. Mm. It's all you know. You for you, you were set, surrounded by um, trauma I had, I had, in a way. I, but I was also, I must say, I was also supported by the most amazing people. Yeah, I mean, it's vital, um, right? Fa- absolutely critical. Yeah, yeah. my family um, really supported me, and my friends. And I think they would be the first to say they 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 were really worried about me, but they put me back to piece by piece yes yeah you know they really did they were there for me all the way and there's a few special people in my life that you know really got me through such a dark place yeah and and my kids I've got to say my kids you know it's just oh my god they're just everything to me yeah everything lovely and I think it's really um I talk about it a ton throughout my show and last week as well and uh, because we are a brand new show here on River Radio um but having great friends behind you that are rock solid become the foundation of who you are Mm. and you for them too Mm. um and that's so priceless yeah they've been we're still really really close friends those people that got me through that yeah dark patch um we've just been on a girls holiday to cyprus <laughs> lovely yeah and that was with so, the very ones yeah, yeah. the same people yeah, and yeah. we were brought together as a group of friends through the children at school uh-huh. so um it's just all a part of that network isn't it it's the it people is. you meet along the way that have been there and they've seen you in your at your worst and at your best yeah and then the you know family i mean my sisters my brother my mum um, just in, incredible support and, yeah. and some special people as well. My my sister-in-law, um, she's um, she's an amazing person. She really did support and help me. Yeah. She'd be a great person for you to have on the show, actually. Yeah, she's local. Nice. Okay. She's a local girl. Well, that, well, that's amazing. And I just think if you look back now to that time, 
as painful as it is, um, we've all got times when we can go back and visit um, dark times, shall we say. You know, I, I feel that sometimes you're taken to the end of your sanity, as it were. Mm. Um, there's a big black hole just welcoming you in. Um, and it's hard to stay on the active rim of it some days. Uh, but when you look back now to those times... Can you feel that it's just piece by piece or whether big chunks of um, steps you could take or mm. has it been a really slow process or mm. um, how's that worked for you? Um, that's a, a really good question and I, I don't know how other people, I suppose everyone has their own way of dealing Everyone's with it. different, but yeah. I remember um, saying, I, I'm not going to get through this. Wow. And someone said to me, it's, piece by piece yes, it is, what yeah. are you going to do in the next hour that's right because if I had to think about the next day oh, the next can't. 24 hours I would just be a mess yeah so I was thinking what can I achieve in the next hour okay I could go for a walk change my environment yeah that that was that was probably a bit of a saving grace was changing my environment you know being in the family home with yeah. where all of that and you had your dog back then did you yeah, funny enough, I just got him in that last year as well. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh, are you training a so puppy as well? Couple, yeah, oh, but he, he was dear. so easy. Oh, I, was, I got blessed there. Oh. He was very, very good. But I always say this about our dogs. They are lifesavers. Yeah. Um, because you, whether you want to or not, you do have to go out and walk them. Yeah, and that change forces of, you, it doesn't does. it? And yes, you've got the right. fresh air that changes yeah. your state. Yeah. Um, you've got a different vision. You're not looking at the four walls, which can become very enclosing. Um, and It'd you be quite easy to stay there as well, it wouldn't really it? It really would, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of sucked into a yeah. cocoon, aren't you, that's yeah. actually not really very good for you in some ways. Mm. Um, but to go out walking by the river and doing all of the, I mean, we're blessed with beautiful um, countryside around here, everywhere we go. Um that is amazing because it just changes everything. It makes you realise that those four walls you're staring at isn't everything in the world. There is mm. a bigger vision out there. Yeah, that's so true. I, I do remember waking up most mornings that year. You know that bit between being asleep and being awake? Yeah. You get that first feeling that yeah. comes into your head of like, oh my God, something awful's happened but you haven't quite, oh, yeah. you know yeah. that feeling. Yeah, I do, yeah. And before I could even get my thoughts in order to realise what that awful, dreadful, traumatic thing was, yeah. my trainers would be on and I'd be out the door. Right, yeah. I was out and off yeah. because I knew that was how I was going to survive. If I didn't do that, yeah. I probably would have just pulled the duvet over my head and, yeah. and, and stayed there in a mess. And I don't know how the kids would have... no. Manage their and, that, and that's what you you kind of find things to keep your sanity just little things mm. and I'm really interested on the um, hour by hour approach because um, I work with a lot of cancer patients I've been through a diagnosis myself and some days I always remember saying to my friends they were asking me what was going on in the afternoon I said I've no idea what's going on mm. in this next five minutes for me when I was yeah. on treatment I didn't I was skidding everywhere um, so let me just focus on this and we'll decide as we move through. And then there are other times, and you probably felt the same way, whereby your hour could elongate to, say, two hours. And that was mm. like, oh, that's like bonus. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, and then you'd be slapped back to, like, a shorter time. But yeah. actually, that's okay. If you're going through trauma and grief, um, that's okay to be in that space. Um, and I think it's a good way. It's the only... It's the only thing we've all ever got, I talk about this later on in the programme really, that we're, we've only ever got this moment anyway, any of us, 
Yeah. Um, Power of now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I kind of feel like it's important when you're going through a really harsh time to bring yourself back to this very second and focus on that and do that well. Because mm. I, I'm actually, a, there was a book that really got me through some dark bits as well, that Eckhart Tolle book, The I Power of Now. And, and I, the one thing that I kept thinking about after reading that book was we we don't have tomorrow and yeah. we don't, you know, tomorrow doesn't even exist. No. And we don't have yesterday anymore. No. We've only got right now. This very minute. Yeah, this and right. none of us know. Yeah. You know, none of us know what we've got. We don't know how much future we've got. And so you can only do this bit now. And I think when you're overwhelmed um, and sat on properly by life, which you certainly were in that year, um, you kind of need to function more in that space. Um, It's a luxury to be able to look forward sometimes. um, But it's also very scary. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to look forward because I couldn't imagine how my life was going to look and I didn't want to see how that was going to look yeah. because I, 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 I wanted it to go backwards. I wanted it to go back to how it was. So I was constantly fighting moving forward. Yeah. So you're, you are kind of stuck until you've dealt with and unpicked some of those layers. You're yeah. kind of stuck there for a bit. You are stuck. And um, the other thing you don't know is when you can, when you're going to be able to step into the new space, you don't know when you're ready for that. You, you, you're looking for it. I can, I can, I re- when I've been in times like that, you're looking and searching for the new space to be in so you just feel a bit easier about life but sometimes you can't find it um so you've got to just stay where mm. you are and that's excruciating at times I was so painful I, I remember the girls saying to me and I just couldn't stop I was a mess I could not yeah. stop crying and I remember my sister and the girls saying we're all going away for a you know holiday we really want you to come and I was like what a burden to take someone like me yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to be a mess. I don't, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to bring you all down. And one of my friends said, isn't it better that you come with us and cry your eyes out abroad around the pool than sat at home on your own? Yeah. And I thought. With all your friends gone, actually. Yeah. And and they were like, we're okay with that, actually. We're fine about you. And, And that's the lovely thing is when people accept you and they know you, they kind of carry you along and, and it's okay to be, a mess and crying but you're kind of do, doing it in a bit of company yeah and that really was um, a big turning point that yeah. holiday and I think also you you're the one that feels a burden to your friends yeah, I did I didn't want but to your go friends because... don't feel like that yeah, about exactly. you do they no. you know the one if you think about friends that you've helped the yeah. one thing you want to do is help them yeah um and for sure you don't feel um a burden you know, no, you, they don't feel a burden to you at all. You want to be in that space. Well, you, you, if you're a good friend, you want to be there for warts and all, don't you? You do. That's what a good friendship is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So right. I've been very, very lucky in my life to have some amazing people support yeah. me. I think that's um, absolutely paramount is, mm. is that friendship. Um, I say a lot on this programme that life is messy and it certainly is. And um, when you've got a messy time on your hands, um, having the people swoop in and underpin you mm. is is absolutely everything. So during that whole time, you're still working away, getting all your qualifications. I mean, mm. 10 out of 10, a million out of <laughs> a million to you because um, it would have been so easy to have given up. Why did you not? Do you know what I don't? I don't know. I just I kept going, and I, I know I'm not allowed to swear on the radio show. But my sister <laughs> must tell you got me. I won't swear. So I can see Seth shaking his head. Don't do it. Um, I my sister bought me a Morse code code raid uh, Morse code bracelet, and the Morse code said keep beep going, 
And I, I kept that on and I think that's how I got through it. I just kept going. It just did not stop. That was sweet. Really yeah, sweet. Just didn't stop. And and that was I, I really was that um, you know, that epitome of the swan on on but however I wasn't as graceful as a swan, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> as I was, beautifully I just, as <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah. But under the water you I was thrash- I was thrashing and yeah. drowning and yeah, 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 yeah. literally felt like I was ju- only just surviving. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Over, a horribly overwhelming. My sister bought me a similar bracelet and engraved on the inside was whatever it takes. Ah, oh, that's yeah. so good. Because uh, I was doing the same as you. I wasn't a beautiful swan and I, my hair had all fallen out and everything was a right old mess. But you just keep on keeping on yeah. and doing whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah, and the children, like we were saying, you know, they're such a motivating force. They're ev- that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think for me that was it was that wasn't really just the qualification. The qualification just became another thing I didn't want to fail at. <laughs> Right. So you know, Gosh, what a ton of pressure you put on yourself. Yeah, get, but get this: when the, you know, I said when the babies were born. So yeah. I had William, who's my firstborn, and then the twins were born just over a year later. So they were really close in age, and it was around the time that everyone was going on about landfill sites. So I had this horrible fear of putting the nappies in the landfill sites. So I was in this one co- cottage with a one be- a toilet upstairs. And so I made it my absolute mission to only use Terry's nappies on those three babies. <laughs> Just to add to the fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. So do you think you're a person that thrives well under pressure? I mean, of course, we'd rather not have that onslaught. That mm. That's an onslaught. Mm. And it's traumatic to the nth degree. And you start to live in a space of cracky. You know, you tiptoe. You're tiptoeing around wondering what else is going to come yeah, to well, you. Yes. You get a bit nervy. Um, but do you think you operate well under pressure? Have you learned to cope with it as a result of that? Or were you good at it anyway? Um, I think I've always been a bit of a seat by your pants girl. Right. So I yeah. think I'm good under pressure. Okay. I'm definitely one of those people with the less I have to do in my life, probably the lazier I'd become. Right. So I... I mean, we know that's an extreme that we're talking about right now because, yeah. you know, you didn't need that. You didn't need all of that. In no, one year, no, I, but... I didn't. But I suppose in hindsight, it um, it ramped up what was already a, a base place for me to be, which was thriving under pressure. And so I just kept thinking, what else, what else are you going to throw at me? What else is coming? And I and. You know, I just believed that I could do it and yeah. get through it all. And keyword, keyword, believed you could do it. I believed I could do it. Yeah. yeah, and so you did, and so I did. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there were times when I couldn't say that I did believe I could do it, but I just didn't stop. I think the underlying um, energy in you, as long as you've got that belief, will carry you through. Mm. And for sure you crash into a few walls along the way and scrape your knees a bit as you fall Mm. over. Uh, But the belief, the also um, showing your children Mm. that I'm great and you, the emotions there and everything. So then they've lived all of that. Yeah. They've seen what they've also seen. Mm. Yeah. The work ethic that you've given to it, which must be very empowering for them as well. Well, I hope so. But actually tracking back from that, I was going to say to you, my, I've watched my family go through 
some you know we've we've had businesses as a family lost them in recession you know I've had my my mum and dad have had massive ups and downs lost houses lost money like put their you know been sleeping off the office floors with their children yeah I've seen that going on right and we've all kept going yes so you know to do that so I it was almost like a learnt behavior I haven't seen anyone massively fall fall apart and then just crash and burn I've seen phoenix rising from the flames over and over and right. over again so maybe it's a learnt behavior yeah so it's kind of embedded in your dna so to speak yeah i think so but i i i really hope that i have shown my children that um you know that you you can develop something good out of even when you think you're in the darkest place and i think i'm a much stronger more rounded balanced person now than than i could have been if i'd have you know, if that all of those things hadn't happened to me, I, I'm sure you are. I mean, I don't, what what would you say is the the big deal that it's given you? I mean, it's not a nice time, but mm. I, I I've got this theory. Um, you know, you don't learn about yourself when you're up on stage winning awards. You learn about yourself in the trenches, like you were. Mm. Uh, what do you think is the the one big thing? If we can be so crass to take out of that yeah. awful what, year, what did you gain? Mm. Yeah self-belief oh I love that self-belief lovely you know I just I didn't have any self-belief before anyway you know always had quite low self-esteem low self-belief um but I've I've kind of proven it now yeah so I kind I can kind of attach some evidence to it and being a science girl yeah nothing like a bit of evidence to back up (laughs) how you feel or what you say (laughs) so I I you know I know it now I know that I can do it but it it was yeah, it was a bit of an ugly process, but I got there. <laughs> well, I think that's really powerful. So coming from a place of uh, lacking belief in yourself, which, you know, would have brought on a ton of anxiety, um, just say none of those things went on. You'd have just been worrying, picking the thread on this mm. um, qualification you were going for. Mm. Um, whereas you had to just get on with it and not worry about that. You had to be practical for your children. You had to deal with all the ugliness that divorce brings. Mm. Um, and then the grief of your father, the grief of your marriage. It's, mm. it's a ton on your shoulders. Um, so to be able to find yourself in that um, is an amazing achievement, really is. Oh, well, thank you. But I, I, I remember when I got my qualification thinking you know, listening to all the people that qualified at the same time and they were like, oh, we're going to take some time off and, you know, set ourselves up. And I thought, I haven't got that luxury. If I stop now, I was so scared of stopping that I I knew I had to hit the ground running. So I literally left that qualification, left the graduation with a clear vision roadmap. I was like, right, I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm doing it and I'm going to say, I'm going to give loads of free consultation to build my own self-esteem and my own self-belief. I just, I just kept doing it. I gave everything away for free in that first year to build my own knowledge and and experience and just built, built on that, just kept going. And before we play your lovely song, um, what, Let's finish on a high here. You you achieved that fantastic qualification. Um, obviously, you're still moving through the divorce because, as we both know, those things take time. You can't just put a fixer on that. Yeah, I'm out the other side of that now. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but at the time you weren't right. No, so, you know, it wasn't. You're, you're yeah, still working yeah. through all of that. I don't mean now. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be a very long drawn out <laughs> process. Um, and you're still grieving at the time yeah. for your dad, mm. uh, but you got this qualification eventually Mm. and how did that feel 
yeah, it, it felt like it was a gold ticket to beginning a new career that was, all, for me, that I'd really earned it and that was going to prove that I could stand on my own two feet as a single parent and be successful. Amazing. Amazing. Very proud of you there, Evie. Oh, thank you. Um, it's amazing. So, it, you know, I just find people's stories fascinating because there's all these things going on in the background and you just don't know mm. um, until well, you... People re- don't want to share it either, do they? They don't. Oh, the well, no, they don't unless they're put in a position like we are here. I mean, I would have never had this conversation probably with you mm. um, had this p- situation not presented itself. So mm. uh, I'm delighted you've come on to share that. That's been amazing. Oh, thank um, you. And you've chosen an amazing song too. So we are... Um, um, going to get off our desks, off our chairs in the office, get dancing if you're in the kitchen, and um, you can't help but tap your feet to the fantastic um, Stevie Wonder and Master Blaster. <laughs>
listening to your life your way at river radio with me deborah fielding and i have my guest in the studio the lovely evie whitehead um and we're going to move into what's in a word in a minute but evie in your professional capacity with your (laughs) nutritional hat on um i became very interested in nutrition um nowhere near to the degree that you've got by the way but um it's super interesting what food offers you and what it can do and how it affects your state so I just wondered before um, you leave us, when you're going through a big time of stress um, and life's just too much and you've got that anxiety going around in your stomach and the whole works, what do you put in your body to help keep your physical side in a good space? What would you recommend when you're going through trauma or stress like that? Um, that's a really good question and it and it's really important at that time isn't it to take better care of yourself it but it really is it's yeah. really easy to take your eye off the ball because it's easy to just hop along to yeah, well, I don't like McDonald's but you know make worse choices aren't yeah, you, you because do, you haven't yeah. got the energy to get yeah, in the that, kitchen and no, make something from scratch all but of that. yeah so um I think it's really important that there's there's three things there's loads of things I could talk about but I'm yeah. just going to pick off some off the top of my head yeah um so when we're stressed, our adrenal glands really use up tons of vitamin C. Right. Now, vitamin C is a really nice, easy one because it's available in all fruit, vegetables, yeah. anything brightly coloured. I'm right in saying it's in broccoli, isn't it? Vitamin C in pretty much everything. I, I mean, I love that. Because I just yeah. grew up knowing that you had oranges, you had to have an orange oh, or a lemon. Yeah, that's when you, right. you know. But it's in yeah, yeah. all veg, all fruit. Yeah. It's really easy to get your hands on, but it's really important to top up on that because we don't store it in the body and right. we can't make it right. in our own bodies. Okay. So, you know, handful of berries for breakfast, really nice and easy, you know, chopped bell peppers and tomatoes on your salad or in your yeah. sandwich and, um, you know, some broccoli with your dinner yeah. and you're kind of done with your vitamin C. Okay. But the other things to really consider are B vitamins yeah. and magnesium. Okay, so I didn't know about magnesium, but I do know that stress gobbles up vitamin B like it's... Mm. Well, it's specifically it's B6 and B12. And so the easiest way to think of that is kind of like from um, whole grains, nuts, seeds. So that brown nutty exterior on the outside of a whole grain rice, for example, a whole grain bread. So if you wanted to make a choice, just make it easy for yourself. Just don't eat the white stuff, eat the brown stuff. So you want nice nutty whole grain stuff, whole grain rice. And what if you don't like whole grain stuff because I'm not a lover of it I don't eat a lot of bread or anything like that but mm. I don't do well on the whole grain stuff but mm. I do like to eat nuts so is that well, it's in dairy okay so it's on yogurt okay and it's in animal it's basically in animal sources and like Greek yogurt and things yeah, like Greek that yeah Greek yogurt really good kefir source of that yeah, like, yeah I mean you know what I'm like about gut health I love yes, kefir get that thing, bacteria yeah. in there yeah but you know without getting into the weeds of that the base things you want to be thinking about are your B vitamins so eating balanced meals yeah you know regularly through the day to keep your energy levels up yeah your vitamin c and the magnesium and the great thing about magnesium is it's color-coded in nature for you 
because magnesium is the central co- molecule for chlorophyll. Okay. And so all green stuff, yeah. all your green veggies, your watercress rocket, yeah. your broccoli, your asparagus peas, all packed with magnesium. Oh, I love that. And magnesium is really important at times of stress. It's really depleted. So we need much more magnesium. Okay. So I didn't, I wouldn't have considered that. But I mean, really, you just try, you've got to try and keep that healthy eating going at even more so at a time yeah, like that. Yeah, you do. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, like you say, it's very difficult when you're properly stressed. You just reach for the brown rubbish and yeah I think you can make it easy if you make some shortcuts to make it kind you know be kinder to yourself and get some ready bags of salad so it's easy to grab and go or get your whole grain breads in or or get if you've got the chance because I think this is quite therapeutic to make a soup on the hob Mm. and just keep adding to that and yeah um, I mean full of goodness and yeah you can pack a punch with a soup you really can get loads in there it's not difficult and I think it's quite um calming to chop and well I do but I know that lots of my clients don't don't feel the same way yeah. and it's like I, I can imagine that at the time when I was in my worst year making soup was probably the last thing on my mind yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think yeah. eating at all was you know an, an um, issue yeah eating at all was um, a celebration yeah so yeah. just like you know people were actually making food for me and bringing that around just to keep you going because yeah. you haven't got to think about it well, Evie, it's been a thrill to have you on. Um, I could thank sit and you. talk nutrition to you all afternoon, oh, I love it. Um, but um, <laughs> I don't have the time. Um, but thanks a million for coming in. Thank you for sharing your story. It's been fantastic. It's a pleasure. And um, we're just going to take some music now with um, Drops of Jupiter by Train before we hit the rest of the, um, the rest of the morning. In the atmosphere With drops of Jupiter in her head She acts like summer And walks like rain Reminds me that there's a time to change Since the return of her stay on the moon She listens like spring And she talks like June
Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley Reading, Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley And so here we are with uh, What's in a Word. It was lovely to chat to Evie. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, This is the part of the show where we break down a word and chat about what that might mean for all of us. Uh, But before we dig into this week's word, I want to update you on the messages I got from last week. Um, If you remember, we started a kindfulness movement and we talked about what we could do to uplift the people in our worlds. Um, I spoke about how I used to get up at five in the morning to make cakes to take on the ward for other patients uh, when I went in and asked you to drop me a line to let me know what you've been up to and what, what you've been doing. And you did. So, Chris said hello and at her coffee morning to raise funds for Ukraine had crocheted everyone a little sunflower, which is so kind, Chris, on both counts. Uh, The sunflower, of course, being Ukraine's national um, flower. So a double whammy of kindfulness by Chris by raising funds in the first place, as well as putting the love and kindness into making the flowers, which is lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, Jane dropped me a message. She was inspired by our word. She is the vice president of a huge global company, and said they have opened up for a global position and rather than making it all a mystery, she made herself available for some one-to-ones on LinkedIn to inspire and encourage the candidates. I mean, wowzer, you know know that's proper wonderful. Too many times the big person can make themselves invisible. Uh, What a one way to start an application for a huge role. And I hope you get the right person, Jane. I mean, I'm sure you'll see the best in people by that approach at the very, very least. Um, And the last one I wanted to mention is Miss Kindfulness herself. Um, My lovely friend Sophie Richards, who came up with this wonderful word, kindfulness, in the first place. She didn't tell me that she'd done this, but I know. She drove one of her friends on a tour of some remote cafes because that's where her friend's line of work lies. So she drove around um, one day last week to uplift and inspire her friend who was having a real tough time. Um, Well, what to say? Someone that invites invent should I say not invites invents the word kindfulness in the first place must be full of it and so she is so keep that kindfulness movement going it's wonderful and remember we are just not paying it forward here I hate that phrase we are doing it because we can so today's word is um Inspired by somebody that sent a message in uh, Karen who was waiting for results from um a scan she's had for cancer she's been through some lengthy treatment so hello Karen hold it together my friend um in the cancer world there's a word used and that's scanxiety which is waiting and waiting for results which can unravel you a bit to be honest um it may remember a post I wrote about the word scared and there's a ton of situations in life when we can feel scared and so I just wanted to read that out to you um and here it is scared It's a shock to realise you are scared as hell of the big stuff and also the small stuff too at times. There you are with your little knees knocking, trying to be brave for everyone around you. It is more than fine to be scared. You find yourself in uncharted waters and no idea what the heck is happening and you have no choice but to face it. What you do have a choice over is how you face it. When you know you are scared and the situation is getting just too much, Prop yourself up with your friends and family. Swing them into action. They are desperate to help. But most of all, 
banish that demon in your head to the sidelines. It will be so much tougher to get through with that in your head. Don't be scared. Focus on doing only the things you love. Be brave and bold and roar this situation down. And we all have situations in life that we we try and get through, Um, not just diagnosis, but as we spoke about with Evie, there's divorce and all all manner of things. Um, And your mind's a very powerful tool. It's brilliant in every way. It's brilliant with the ideas it produces, uh, but it's also brilliant at talking you down. Um, And your mind's just fantastic at, at flip-flopping between the two. And trying to tame it is a real hard challenge sometimes, especially when you're going through an inordinate amount of stress. Uh, so call it what you want, but today let's understand that's a real demon in your head. And it's there to wreak havoc, and it has its own fun. It's a little voice that's going to convince you not to do something, isn't it? The little voice that might ask you why you think you're so special. Who do you think you are? Well, let someone else do that. They're brighter than you. What makes you think you can come through a cancer diagnosis or find a wonderful partner or go and apply for that brilliant job? It's utterly pants, isn't it, when your mind's doing that to you? And your mind's so brilliant, you can't believe it would betray you in that way. So talking you to the edge of the black hole and, you know, it's almost pushing you in there. I mean, I've stared at that too. We were talking to Evie about that a minute ago. Um, It's the middle of the night situation as well when you don't know the answers and you're on your own. Taken to the very edge of the hole, wondering should I just jump in or um, perhaps wait and see what happens here. So my antidote to fear is to get used to hearing from it and know that it will come back time and again wrapped up in the voice in your head. It's a clever little sucker um, waiting to derail you at any moment. But you need to recognise it and then banish it. Tell it to sod off. So I properly speak to myself in a situation like that Uh, for every down talk um, that little demon might give you. uh, Try and find in yourself a bigger one going the other way. Talk yourself up. Or if that's tricky, just imagine sat being chatting, uh, sat chatting to your um, closest friend on the sofa um, and see how they would talk to you. And they certainly wouldn't give you the hell that you give yourself. Um, Care for yourself on a level you've not done before. I mean, sometimes I I often say you can, I feel like I'm stood in front of myself, punching myself in the face. Um, And that's, it's not constructive on on any level. Um, And it's not also about being positive. I'll have a whole other conversation about that another time. It's just properly talking well to yourself and not letting that demon run riot through your beautiful mind. Um, So yeah, go grab it and and make the best of it your mind's fantastic but when it's running rampant the other way it's all bad and um i i asked evie about the vitamin b situation because i do know when you're going through a tough time and you're just being down on yourself uh, your body will uh, deplete those nutrients quicker than you you would want and um, it's really important to look after ourselves physically as well as the mental side. And we do talk about our mental well-being much more now, which is uh, the best thing ever. And looking after yourself physically and mentally, if you put those two things together, will keep you in good shape. Um, and it's not always easy when you're feeling stressed. So lovely Karen waiting for her scan results to come back. And the, the worry and uh, concern is real. Um, but as I said to Eva, we only have this very moment we're living in and taking 
that concern into this moment right now isn't constructive and won't help you one jittery jot the worry won't contribute to your well-being it won't help you with your future it'll just rob you of what you have right at this very moment and none of us really want that so where are we we are at river radio we are moving into some questions that i got from last week so let's dive in and see what's going on with the questions um, the Q&A your way. Um, we had quite a few questions in from last week, actually. So I'm just going to dive straight in and go for a question from James, who said, I'm reading this out as we go. Um, it's hard when you are facing someone or something on your own, not to get snappy with people and feel like you are losing the plot. Have we got any tips? Well, Yes, James, I love this because it's very true. I mean, everything we're talking about today, if you look at Evie's onslaught that she went through in that year, where do you find the space in your head uh, to be nice to yourself, let alone anybody else? Uh, But it makes your understanding greater, doesn't it, that you never know what someone is facing down, do you? Um, But I deal with it by just getting quiet to find myself and... Um, just let things happen naturally. I don't try and force any answers. I like to just be in a quiet space. Um, I'm not a meditator. Um, I'd love to be able to meditate and the Holy Grail is meditation. Uh, but for people out there that can't do it, don't beat yourself up, but being quiet and uh, like Evie did, take yourself, and I do the same with my dog, taking yourself off for a walk and being in nature is also equally beneficial to you. Um, and you do get the answers that if you allow them to come through and don't be fearful of them coming through, don't be scared of them showing up in your life. Um, the answers are always there. I mean, I usually get amazing insight to myself when I'm chopping veg for tea of all things. I've no idea um, why that happens, but I suppose it puts me in a bit of a meditative state, meditative state. That's easy for me to say. Um, so chopping the veg with my little dog. Um, giving him a piece here and there that kind of just zones me out of the everyday and that is what we're searching for the zoning out of the everyday um yeah so you know if you're not a meditator don't be too harsh on yourself just find other ways to do it Uh, but what I do then is I focus on everything that's good in my head and I surround myself with people and things I love and I get rid of things that take me down and there's no messing there don't put yourself through it. Um, and once you get that cycle going and get better at it for yourself, you can start to live from a space of real inner strength in you. It takes practice, but trust me, it's worth everything. Uh, nothing bothers you much after that. And I, I kind of hope that helps, James, because um, just finding your route through everyday issues um, without too much on your plate can be troublesome sometimes I mean people have a habit of dropping things on your lap that you weren't expecting and um, you've got to learn to deal with things on the fly but if you can't just learn to kind of quiet the system down and just take some moments for yourself um, take some big deep breaths of breathing so underrated Uh, take yourself off to the bathroom if you've got to if you're in work or a busy place and just take some big deep breaths Uh, in through your nose out through your mouth and just get yourself grounded and it feels a bit weird at first when you start to do it Um, it used to make me chuckle but oh gosh it's like the best thing ever it just centers myself I can really be on top of uh, where I am and uh, life's pretty good after that so there we go Um, I've only got time for that one question this week so 
I'll bring up some more next week. But we're here skidding to the end of another show. And I want to say a big thank you to Evie, uh, Evie Nutrition. Um, thank you to you for your questions. I'm sorry I wasn't able to read out more of them. Um, and thanks for getting involved. Um, you can find the show on the web at river.radio to listen again. Or you can listen to... Um, my podcast wherever you listen to your podcast usually you simply search for your life your way Uh, coming up next are the fantastic heather and julian with turning pages Uh, but for now um we're here at the end of another week you've listened to your life your way i'm deborah fielding i'm wishing you what this week a confident and a really really bold week light up your face with gladness hide every trace of sadness although a tear may be ever so near that's the time you must keep on trying smile what's the use of crying you'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just the time you must keep on trying smile what's the use of crying you'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile Windsor, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. Okay! Ta da! The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Hello, it's Turning Pages here on River Radio. We'll be discussing some great books and our favourite reads. 